Welcome to Jays from Home. My name is Matt Gower. My co-host Steve is still away. He is driving back from Manitoulin Island as we speak. So by the time he listens to this podcast, it will be Monday morning. So he will be back home. It will be Monday. It will be Easter Monday. He'll be off work as most of us are. I will be home uh, with two children because uh, there's no preschool on Easter Monday, but there is work for my wife on Monday. So I will be outnumbered tomorrow. So so just please, please think about me and, 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 and send some good vibes my way. I, I'd appreciate it. Um, Jays from Home, we're on Twitter. Follow us at Jays from Home. Um, you can rate us on all your podcast rating machines. Uh, but the best way to kind of share the podcast is to tell your friend about the podcast. Say, hey, I listened to Jays from Home this week and it was a good podcast. They talked about Blue Jays baseball and they even talked about Red Sox baseball. That's right. Um, later on the show, I'll be talking to uh, Lauren Campbell from NESN. That is, I believe, the New England Sports uh, Network. And we'll, we will be talking about some Red Sox baseball because um, that is the next opponent for the Blue Jays uh, starting on Tuesday. Um, so that should be uh, an interesting series. It's always nice um, when the Blue Jays um, travel to Fenway. It's 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 it can the the ballpark has some some problems. We we know it's an old ballpark. It's over hundred years. But I think that um, just aesthetically, that might be the nice nicest looking grass uh, in MLB. I, I I like the I like the looks of that grass. It's it's nice and green. Maybe maybe it's reflected from the big green monster. Maybe it it, it adds some extra depth to the green. Who knows? Uh, we'll have to maybe maybe my next guest uh, for the next uh, Red Sox series will be uh, the groundskeeper. We'll we'll, we'll ha- ask him how does he get that grass so green, and, and we'll just focus on that for the entire uh, twenty minute interview. The, the the greenness of the grass. Or maybe not. I don't know. Um, so um, it, it's been an interesting week for the Blue Jays. Um, they started the week um, in New York playing the Yankees. Um, on Monday, um, Alec Manoa had a strong season debut. The Jays won 3 to nothing. Uh, Springer went 3 for 5 with a home run, a double, and 3 RBIs. Um, and uh, so that, that was a, a strong win. Tuesday... Um, I kind of watched that on the second screen, so I wasn't paying super amounts of attention to that one. But the, for for good reason, the Yankees beat the Blue Jays four to nothing. Um, so that was that was disappointing that they lost that one. But you can't win them all, as they as they say in sports. Um, Wednesday, um, the Jays beat the Yankees six to four, and that was Vladdy's uh, hat trick night, where he ha- he hit three home runs, hit a double, and he had four RBI in total. And and um, he'd already hit a home run in the first inning. And then um, I believe it was Aaron Hicks stepped on his finger and caused a laceration. Now, I think there may have even be, been stitches. So so that was some pretty quick uh, stitch work to get him back onto the field um, with with little little delay there. And then so he came right back the next inning and hit a home run. And then for good measure, hit another home run. So, that, so um, I think that was the official beginning to the um, MVP campaign for, for, for Vladdy for the season because that was a, a pretty big game. Um, it was it was fun to watch, um, and and you know that, that was his his last uh, three home run game came um, a little over a year ago against Washington, and uh, he likes to uh, really uh, uh, pick apart the uh, all star aces when he hits these three home run games because um, the last time he hit 
three home runs was against Max Scherzer, and, and, and this past week it was against Garrett Cole. So so he is a, a connoisseur of fine pitching, uh, to be sure, and, and, and Garrett Cole even tipped his hat to that uh, <laughs> to that as well. And and the, 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 the front pages were on, in New York City were great the next day. Um, Hazel May tweeted this out uh, the other day. Um, the New York Post uh said who's your vladdy i feel like i'm regis philbin reading all these headlines here <laughs> from new york tabloids um uh the daily news um they they said uh, hot-blooded yanks step on vlad's finger but he answers with three home runs as jays tag coal bombers and then uh then newsday sports called him vlad the impaler so so that kind of had more than one meaning meaning because his, 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 his finger didn't get indeed get impaled <laughs> uh so so yeah uh uh, love reading those those uh, headlines in New York City media, especially when they when they're when they're for the Jays. Um, Barrios had a much better um, outing than opening night. Um, he's you know it's still a little little iffy, but I was I was t- telling uh, Lauren Campbell this in the interview interview later on. Um, you know it's nobody stretched out. It's it's and I said this last week too. Like it's it's three weeks. Spring training was only three weeks, so so the pitchers still have a long way to go um, to getting uh, full like six seven inning uh outings uh and 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 looking like normal pitchers um they, they they've got to be treated kind of with with kid gloves a little bit you know you got to have the strict pitch limits and you got to really um get that bullpen in when you can and it's hard for the jays because i think they only have in the entire month like one off day they have 10 straight days and then monday off and then another i think 20 straight day, days worth of games so so it's it's the bullpen's going to be uh gassed by the end of the month so that's going to be tough um Teoscar Hernandez left that same game uh, with an injury. Uh, looked like he kind of uh, like an oblique injury. He he hurt his side on on a swing. So um, yeah, we'll see uh, we'll see how long he's out for. But they say it's not as bad as uh, Danny Jansen's oblique injury. So hopefully he'll be back um, soon and he'll be a hundred percent when he comes back. Um, Thursday, the Yankees beat the Jays three to nothing, and it looked like Gossman had another good outing. Again, I was watching on second screen on that one as well, but uh, Gossman looked like he was pretty solid out there. I think he went maybe six innings at least, uh, so that's that's good to see. Um, it's nice to see some consi- consistency um, uh, kind of taking place a little bit in the early on in the off season. Um, so Friday, uh, we had the Oakland A's coming into town. Jays returning home. Um, Jays beat the A's four to one, and it was Jackie Robinson day. And the it was a strong uh, performance from the Jays bullpen. Lots they they, they kind of carried the load, and um, it, I think Ross Stripling started that game. He pitched four solid innings, and uh, yeah, it was definitely um, a very strong bullpen uh, game for sure. Um, Saturday, uh, yesterday, uh, that was a bit of a, a frustrating game, I guess. the The strike zone uh, was a little wide, a little wide. Uh, the J, the A's beat the Jays seven to five. The Jays got close near the end with a with some back to back home runs. Started off by Matt Chapman uh, hitting a home run against his former former team. Um, and after the game, Ryu, Ryu had some had a hard time yesterday again. Um, I, I guess he's heading for an MRI because he had some forearm tightness. So that hopefully isn't too bad of a of, of a sign. Uh, but we'll have to see. 
Um, so uh, recording this on Sunday, so who knows what's going to happen this afternoon. Uh, but Manoa is on the mound for the Jays, so um, he's been good in his first two starts uh, so far, so I don't expect anything different. So uh, hopefully we'll be uh, uh, seeing a Blue Jays win uh, come, come this podcast uh, airing tomorrow. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go with, um, our, our strikeout sacrifice and home run now. Um, but before I do, I just wanted to say, it's like, it's refreshing. I listen to a lot of baseball podcasts. I, I, I love baseball. I, I love listening to baseball podcasts. I love consuming everything there is to consume about baseball. But you know, for the past six months, we've been talking about theoretical baseball. We've been talking about CBAs. We've been talking about everything except for, for actual games, signings, transactions, you know, uh, rule changes, uh, you know, to owners and, 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 and players and, and, and agents. But now we're talking about actual baseball. Baseball games are being played. It's, it's, this is amazing. It's nice to be able to sit down on a weekday evening and just watch some nighttime baseball. Um, it was, it was, uh, opening week was, I guess, almost a week and a half ago now. But, you know, it was just so nice to watch a day game and watch the Chicago Cubs play a day game at Wrigley Field. It's just so nice to watch baseball and talk about actual, physical, real baseball. This is amazing. Um, so yeah, it's just, just it's, remember that. We're watching baseball. Baseball is back. This is great. Um, now on to the negative, the strikeout. Um, there seems to be a lot of early season injuries starting to creep up for the Jays. Um, Teoscar, like I mentioned, he's hurt. So we're seeing now that... The, um, that those those moves in the outfield that the Jays made in the offseason are, are are coming into play, um, and all of a sudden the bottom of, of the lineup seems very left-handed heavy. <laughs> so so the the lineup is looking very interesting. We had Ramel Tapia leading off the game uh, yesterday, which which I guess uh, Springer had the had the day off, but it's just weird to see. Uh, him in the outfield starting and leading off the game um and danny jansen he was hurt um he has an oblique injury and all of a sudden the catching is starting to get you know like it's a good thing they 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 have three catchers on the roster uh because that was uh that's all all of a sudden looking a little on the thin side but kirk is performing well behind the plate i haven't seen um uh, any defensive miscues on his uh, part. Um, I'm more worried about Zach Collins behind the plate as far as his defense goes. I think I've, I saw him kind of poke a, a, a ball, uh, poke at a ball instead of, and let it pass him by instead of actually like getting in front of it. So, so that's a little bit of a work in progress, but um, uh, Alejandro Kirk, I hope I said, did I say Charlie Kirk before? I hope not. Um, Alejandro Kirk um, is, 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 is good behind the plate so far and he's good uh offensively as well so that's that's good to see him um in the lineup on a regular basis for sure um but yeah those injuries are starting to to to, to pile up a little bit so that's that's my strikeout for the week um my sacrifice is um tv shows uh because whenever uh the baseball season uh kind of starts up again it reminds me how many unnecessary tv shows uh, that i'm watching just to kind of kill time between the off season and the start of the season I'll, I'll i'll be watching tv and i'm like i don't i'm not invested in this show i would be wa- rather watching baseball so so I, I i call down all my all my uh my, my tv watching uh picks um to the to the to the bare minimum the most important shows like like better call Saul is starting this monday 
conveniently enough on a Blue Jays off day. So so that's that's good. Uh, but yeah, um, baseball much more important than than uh, than than prestige dramas for sure. Um, and my home run, like I said, Vladdy. He's starting his MVP campaign in earnest. Um, this he said before the season. Uh, this is the the last year was the trailer. This year's the movie. So so is this an Oscar campaign? Is he is he uh, best o- Oscar uh, best actor, best director? He I would say definitely best uh, best score because he's definitely um, orchestrating a lot of uh, many Blue Jays comebacks. That's for sure. Um, all right, so let's go to the weekly poll. Um, this week I asked, uh, which Blue Jay pitcher will find the most success? Um, and the vast majority of folks uh, think that it's going to be Alec Manoa. I think, yeah, he's, he's you know, jumped out to some strong, uh, an early strong start, um, and he's pitching very well for sure. I just worry that... Um, he's going to kind of lose steam a little bit. He's still young. So I don't know how many innings uh, we should expect him to pitch. And maybe maybe the Jays are kind of uh, mitigating that a little bit because um, we saw um, on Friday Stripling as sort of a sixth starter. So every now and then they're going to throw Stripling in or, or, or maybe even eventually uh, Nate Pearson once he's uh, better to kind of um, give the pitching staff an extra little bit of rest uh Ryu definitely uh, needs that for sure on a regular basis, and I would say probably Manoa with his 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 um, uh, you know young inexperienced arm will, will will need some some rest as well. Uh, my my vote still is still Barrios. He you, you saw um, just a seat just a vast improvement um, from the first start to the next, and I think that you'll see a big jump coming up to the next one. And like I said, I've said this is three or four times already. It feels like. Um, Three weeks of spring t- training is it, making it very hard to gauge what we're actually seeing from pitching staffs all around the league, not just the Blue Jays. Um, but Gossman is, is steady, so so maybe maybe Gossman will just be that steady arm uh, coming out of the out of the the pitching staff uh, that that we rely on. Um, speaking of pitching, though, um, Jordan Romano uh, is just dominant. Um, last I checked, I'm not sure what the actual official count is, but um, he was something at around at around like 28 straight saves dating back to last May. Um, so he's just uh, speaking of consistency, consistent out of the bullpen and a reliable arm. So it's it's nice to see that, and it's nice to see the bullpen uh, not imploding so far this season. Now. Again, it's, it's there's a lot of baseball to be played in April for the Blue Jays, so we'll see how um, those arms uh, hold up. But uh, nice to see um, the, uh, the 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 bullpen performing well early. Um, we saw with the A's coming into town for the first time, some players placed on the restricted list uh, with no real reasoning why they were put on that list. So that list. So many people um, have. Or believe that it's because uh, these guys are not vaccinated. So, so we saw AJ Puck, Kirby Snead, and Austin Allen put on that restricted list. Uh, and people, folks, remember that that Kirby Snead was briefly a Blue Jay last year. He was the the wrong Kirby that we wanted wanted on the on the mound, anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, so those guys are, are did not make the trip with the Athletics. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, once the Red Sox come into town. Um, who will not make that trip? And I think uh, we'll have we'll have to see on the Blue Jays look ahead who who's who's coming into town. Um, opening night TV ratings uh, a couple a week and a half ago, 
Um, a lot of people were watching uh, that that first game of the year. Um, the the reach. This is just from a Sportsnet PR tweet here. The reach was 3.8 million. I'm not sure. I guess some people had some brief view of the game, uh, so it reached 3.8 million people. Um, the average audience was 1.3 million on uh, on opening night. Um, the opening weekend reach was 5.3 million, and the opening audience uh, opening weekend average audience was 1.2 uh, million, and that is up 94% since last year. So there's a lot of interest in this team. Uh, I think a lot more people are aware of the team with all the moves that they've been making, um, all the success, and all the expectations on this team. So that's, that's in my opinion, that's a good problem uh, to have. Um, so we saw some of, just in, in other just kind of minor moves here for the Jays, we saw um, a little bit of their outfield depth uh, get poached away from them by the Nationals. Uh, Nationals uh, claimed Josh Palacios on waivers from the Jays, and, he, and they assigned him to uh, their Rochester AAA team. Um, I think the Jays have enough, uh, enough people uh, to, to kind of hold the... Uh, the, the hold the outfield defense until until Teoscar gets back though I think I think it'll be okay um, defense is going to be a strength over the next week and a half for the outfield for sure um, and just kind of anecdotally I haven't really I don't have any um, research to back this up because famously we do not research on this podcast um, George Springer um, seems to just be an on base monster uh to start the season so that that's uh good to see and it's also good to see that speaking of all this outfield injury and injury notes in general that so far knock on wood george springer is playing health like healthy he's playing like a, a great player and it's nice to see so so that's great um so other uh, mlb news um we were talking about pitchcom last week and i was listening to the starkville podcast and Ed- eduardo perez who is one of the uh color analysts on uh on uh, sunday night baseball on espn he had like a really good point and i think it would have helped especially in that wider strike zone the other day um i think if they're doing pitchcom and the and the, the players can hear it like not all the players the second base the middle infielders and the and i think center fielder as well as the pitcher can hear the uh, pitch, but the umpire should also be able to hear that pitch as well. Uh, I think they're talking about it on uh, on uh, Effectively Wild podcast as well the other day. Like, I think it would just help uh, the umpire to, to know what's coming and to be able to to call that strike call strikes a little bit more accurately and and, and kind of be able to anticipate what he's going to see. So yeah, I think that that's all. That's a that's a, a it was a small tiny little suggestion, but that's that's a game changer right there. Um, well, yeah, we saw our first female on-field coach in MLB history uh, earlier this week for the San Francisco uh, uh, Giants. I was going to say 49ers. San Francisco Giants. Um, Alyssa Nacken, uh, she uh, got on the field as the first base coach. Um, I, I guess there were some other um, arguments on the on the field that, that day, and their uh, regular first base coach was thrown out, but she got onto the field, and that's that's great. I think we're going to see a lot, many more... Um, uh, uh, female coaches and female uh staff members in in baseball going forward and that's great um oh yeah um april 12th in kingston ontario is matt brash day he is a rookie pitcher for the uh seattle mariners and he's he's 
he's made the roster. He's pitching well. Um, I guess um, in Kingston, they've uh, that Mayor Patterson has officially declared April twelfth as Matt Brash Day to celebrate his first Mariners uh, start. So that I think he I think I read somewhere that he's the first Kingston. Uh, native to be uh, to make MLB, so that that's great. I would only suggest one thing uh, to to the city of Kingston: if they want Matt Brash to ever attend the uh, festivities of Matt Brash Day, maybe hold it in the off season because he's kind of occupied on April twelfth or April generally. Um, Astros uh, unveiled their new city uh, connect uh, uniforms. They are very uh, space themed, which is appropriate, you know, being that, uh, you know, NASA is headquartered in Houston, um, that the, the, their hat features, uh, you know, that, that traditional H logo, but with kind of an, a baseball in orbit. And I, I think it's great that the, the lettering on the jerseys are, are kind of uh, NASA themed as well. They've got that kind of tequila sunrise, but a little more subtle just on the piping and on the, on the socks. And it's a full Navy blue, um uniform and they've got kind of a, a flag logo on their on their sleeve that's kind of also space themed so so I, th- I think it's great looks good uh outside of the box definitely appropriate to um homage to the city so that's that's great um so yeah um we'll do our uh blue jays look ahead now um so i forgot to write anything down for this um this week um like i said the blue jays will be uh facing the uh red Sox um on tuesday wednesday thursday um so that will be they'll be in boston so that'll be a you know a tough series but a a fun series to watch it'll be interesting to see how um the jays bats um uh react or how, how they perform in in Fenway because you know it's a, a tiny tiny stadium but it'll be fun to watch and then uh Jays are going to Houston after that for a weekend series and then so that'll be a that'll be a, a tough tough week and then to tur- turning back that back around Boston and Houston come back to Toronto uh and no no off days so so that's uh that's going to be tough uh a uh, couple weeks for the Jays for sure but um it's a good test to see what sort of a team they are, because Boston and Houston—they're—they're—they're they're both definitely um, strong uh, playoff hopes for sure. Um, and um, so yeah, we got our Minnesota Twins check-in briefly. Um, the big news is that Byron Buxton uh, hurt his knee against the Red Sox uh, earlier this week. Um, they're going to have an MRI. They had an MRI on his knee, and it was revealed that there's no structural damage, and you may not require uh, a stint on the IL. So that's good news. Uh, they signed him to a big contract e- extension in the offseason, and he's a really important player to that team if they're going to have any success. Um, so that's good. I was watching um, their game earlier in the week. Um, it was a, uh, I guess, the big news was that Clayton Kershaw was 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 pitching a, a perfect game through seven, and then they, they pulled him. So the, there was all this controversy about. Uh, you know they should have let him throw the whole game, but but you know it's that, that's a that's a, this is a problem with um, new, the new world of, of baseball. Um, fans don't understand that pitchers don't throw uh, the same way as as they used to. You know, like 20, 30 years ago, there are pitch counts. It's a it's it, there's the short 
uh, take a drink. This is another main mentioning of of the, uh, the the short spring training. You know, pitchers aren't stretched out enough. It was a cold day. There's so many reasons why 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 you know he didn't want to get injured. There's so many reasons why Clayton Kershaw didn't pitch those the, the full game uh, for 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 the for the Dodgers. And and I think um, baseball, Big B baseball is is partly to blame in this. There's you know like casual fans are, don't see the modern version. Uh, of the game they 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 see uh they they they're being sold pictures of of an idealized game that that is 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 out of date and they they are applying it to, to today's baseball and i think that's the problem um so i think uh major league baseball rob manfred theo epstein uh in in the, in the front office as well uh need to do a better job of just educating casual fans on on what um they are seeing uh, on the field right now because uh Fans are, are kind of ignorant to that. And that's not their fault. Uh, it's baseball's fault. So there you go. Um, so now we're going to uh, throw it to the interview with uh, Lauren Campbell. Um, we're going to talk about the Red Sox. And uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, welcome back. We're here with Lauren Campbell. Uh, Lauren, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today. I am... Uh, a writer reporter for Nesson here in Boston covering the four major New England teams but I mostly have an emphasis on the Red Sox and the Bruins and I'm also hosting the Locked on Red Sox podcast Monday through Friday so you can hear my voice it's usually not sounding like this I am recovering from a cold so I am uh, you can hear me Monday through Friday on that as well. Sounds like you're uh, pretty busy. <laughs> yes, to say yeah. the very least. Yeah, we've got the same cold ravaging our family currently as well. It's 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 very frustrating, especially if your 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 voice is your is your key uh, <laughs> yes. tool there. Um, so first, right off the bat, I, I checked out your 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 profile uh, that you linked onto your Twitter page, and it says that you have been stepped on by former Blue Jay and Red Sox Mike Timlin. So there's there's got to be a little story to that. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So I was freelancing for MLB Network during the 2013 World Series, and I had some free time, so I ran into the team store to just kind of browse around and see what they had. And I saw Mike Timlin in there and then and then several people started noticing him. So I was like, oh, God. And I was kind of toward the back of the store where there's not really anywhere to go. So he started backing up a little bit. And I was like, oh, God, like this man's going to step on me. And he stepped on me. Okay. And he turns he turns around and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see you there. And I was just like, it happens all the time. Like, I didn't know what to say. But he was very nice about it. And it's obviously unintentional. But it was. So my claim to fame, I like to say. Okay, I, I'm assuming he was retired at that point, 2013. Yes, yes. yes. So he wasn't he wasn't on his way to the field. <laughs> correct, correct. He was uh, just browsing with his family. Yeah. Um. So one thing that we do on the podcast here, um, with the Blue Jays, is we have uh, every week a home run, a sacrifice, and a strikeout. So a home run is something positive, sacrifice is something maybe neutral or positive and negative, and a, and a strikeout is something negative. Can you give me a home run sacrifice and strikeout for the Red Sox maybe so far uh, this week or the season, whatever you like. Yeah. So I think the home run would be Garrett Whitlock. I think that he's picking up right where he left off last season. He's incredible. Um, he pitched Saturday today, Sunday. Yeah. So he pitched Saturday. He's pitching longer innings, which was the plan the whole time. And even though it makes him unavailable a little bit longer between games, I think it's worth it trying to stretch him out to maybe get, four innings out of him if our starters can't go a little longer. Um, 
the home runs strikeout is oh no let's do sacrifice a sacrifice um <laughs> i think the sacrifice would be ugh, this one's tough um so so let's say let's say the bullpen because it it started off okay it wasn't the problem through the series with the yankees and they've started to kind of come into what we thought they would be at the beginning of the season so i think that it could be better but it could be much worse given the the relievers who are in the bullpen and for a strikeout i'm going to say the the starting rotation and that's not <laughs> that's not including Nate Valdi i think Valdi's been fantastic but we saw Pavetta struggle who we're going to be relying on until Chris Sale comes back um Michael Walker's pitched okay Tanner Houck looked good Saturday so maybe i'm going to eat my words but the starting rotation has a ton of questions around it. It's a lot of, are these guys going to be okay? And it's a lot of, is Avaldi going to do what he did last year and build off that? Or is he going to, hopefully he doesn't, but is he going to get hurt? Because he's in, he's had a ton of injuries in his career. He did stay healthy last season, but I just think that it's really hard watching starting pitching when you don't have a ton of trust in them. Yes. Um, I was going to say, like, I wonder, will, 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 Eval, will he stay healthy? Like, his, 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 he throws really hard. And, he does. and that's, been his, that's been his kind of kryptonite in previous years. Um, my next question is, like, do you think that the Red Sox, I, I think I know the answer to this, but do you think the Red Sox have enough pitching to, to even vie for, a, for a, like, a wild card spot? I think they do, and I think the expanded postseason will certainly help them. Uh, the AL East is is incredibly stacked; it always has been. But I think there are four teams who are just eyeing playoff spots, and it's going to be a battle all season. But I do think at the end of the day, there's the waiver wire, there is the trade deadline, and I think Chris, with Chris Sale's return, I think there is enough to get there. I think they are going to be relying a lot on their offense, but as we saw against. The, the the twin the tigers they scored nine runs and they led nine to two at one point and they lost or i'm sorry they won nine to seven like nine runs almost wasn't enough so <laughs> there, there definitely needs to be an emphasis on pitching i know it's halfway to the season halfway into the season with a trade deadline but when you look at this pitching at the end of the day pitching wins you games right you need to we saw that we've seen that all throughout baseball in the postseason so i do think there's enough but it's enough to get by on like the skin of their teeth. When do you think Chris Sale will be back? I'm going to say June, like June 10th, 15th. Um, I know he'll miss all of April and May, which is not ideal, but you, you stress fractures are tricky. You need to do everything you can to keep him healthy, to get him healthy because he's struggled to stay healthy since 2019. So he's supposed to be your ace of the staff. You're paying this guy. He's, one of the better pitchers in MLB. So hopefully by June, mid-June, hopefully it's no later than that, because then it's going to be a battle of who comes back first, James Paxton or Chris Sale. Mm -hmm. Now, do you expect, like when he is back, like after he's all stretched out and everything, do you expect him to be like the ace? Or is he is is he kind of a, a different version of Chris Sale than we'll expect to see? I fully expect him to return to the Chris Sale. That's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of player he is. We did see flashes of it last season when he returned from Tommy John surgery. Of course, there's going to be struggles there. That's a major surgery. But I think that uh, the, the offseason he had, the change in his lifestyle that he had with his diet, and then just being able to fully participate in a spring training, even though it was shortened and even though – his was even more shortened because he didn't really get to get to spring training, but he was throwing with Matt Barnes. So just to know that he was building up to to 
be ready for opening day. And like I said, the, the guy's a bulldog. I don't think there's any reason to think he's going to come back and not give 110%. I'd, I'd, I'd call him more of a greyhound, but... Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but he said he changed his 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 lifestyle, his diet. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm totally focused on the Blue Jays, so I didn't... I, that story totally passed me by. Yeah, so last season he was talking to to us in the in his media availability, and he was like, um, just talk about getting healthier during his surgery because during his pregame he would get like Taco Bell or McDonald's, and he'd be like, I don't, I can't gain weight. Like I just, I don't gain weight when I eat. I can eat whatever I want. And he realized he felt better. Uh, crazy theory is he felt better that um, when he wasn't eating the fast food beforehand, he was. I think he stopped. He said he stopped drinking or hadn't drank in in a year. So he completely changed his diet around and just said he made himself feel better, which in turn probably made him like his muscle stronger, his bones stronger, and just kind of gives him a better longevity in, in games and probably in his career too. So it was just kind of a funny tidbit. He just kind of like shared that out of nowhere. It was just like, yeah, I used to just like pound McDonald's pregame. And I was like, <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> so then he like, I guess probably he turned 30 or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The metabolism <laughs> slows down and yeah. he's got kids, he's got young kids. So he's got to keep up with them. Exactly. Um, now you mentioned that they kind of had a big slugfest against the the Tigers. Do you think that the offense can carry the team until all the pitching gets healthy, or they or they make trades for pitching? I think so. I know that's a lot of pressure to put on the batters, especially one through six. That's a pretty solid lineup right there. But I do really think that they can. I don't think scoring nine runs a game is sustainable. But if you give a, your starting pitcher enough run support. And you can get the defense is good too. The defense isn't a problem. It's all that you know, just surrounding the pitching. But I do think, like I said, if they can get out, the, the trick here is just to get out in front of their opponents early and often, and just try to maintain that lead and give your pitchers confidence going into their appearances or their starts. I think, yeah, I think the Blue Jays are doing something similar to that as well, with maybe a little bit healthier pitching. I think I think it's a league-wide problem, right? No, not problem, just just it, it, a reality that uh, pitchers with three weeks of spring training, they're just not stretched out at all. And 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 we're seeing it. We're seeing it with the Jays. I, I haven't watched too much of the Red Sox, but I, I assume you're probably seeing something similar. Um, <clears throat> now, one thing that uh, came up uh, in the news, I guess it was uh, Friday because the Oakland A's traveled into town with the Jays is that they added uh, uh, three players to the restricted list. Do you anticipate any Red Sox players being in, being added? Because I think Xander Bogarts mentioned um, before the season that he got vaccinated. Yes. So do you think that there's going to be a big um, kind of uh, missing of of players come uh, come the return to Toronto in the at the end of the month? To my knowledge, no. The only person that I know confirmed is not vaccinated is Chris Sale, but he's uh -huh. obviously a non-factor in this series. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I know that, like you said, Xander Bogarts got vaccinated, and I know last year the Red Sox were one of, I think, six teams that did not reach that 85% threshold. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how close or how far apart they were in that from that threshold. I, I'm hopeful that it's not. Then I'm thinking, like, well, if it's guys in the bullpen, is it really that big of a loss? But then I'm just like... You know, you need to you need a, a full roster going into Toronto, right? You, especially against Toronto, they are stacked. Vlad Jr. can't stop hitting home runs, even <laughs> with stitches in his fingers. So it's you need that full roster. But I know Trevor Story got vaccinated before he signed with the Red Sox, which is good. You need that bat in the lineup. That was a deal breaker for them, I believe, right? Yes, yes. He said that uh, and almost had fallen through because of he was wasn't vaccinated at the time and decided to get vaccinated, which is good news for the Red Sox. So. 
to, like I said, to my knowledge, no, I'm not anticipating several people going on the restricted list, but I guess it's one of those things that we're not going to know until the Red Sox get ready to travel. Mm-hmm. Now, the Boston community is very kind of interesting demographic because you've got all the all the medical schools, all the all the universities, and then you've got like a whole different population of, of kind of like working class people. How does how what's the kind of feeling on 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 uh, the vaccinations status issue amongst the community? It's so funny because, like you said, there's a ton of medical schools here that you you hear about the the treatments and people come specifically to Boston to get treated for a number of things. And I feel like it's very like 50-50. Like you have one half being like, oh, you have to get vaccinated, get vaccinated right now. And then you have the other half where it's like, no, thanks. Like, I'm I'm not like I'm just going to not get it. So it's it's very weird because it's like you said that you hear so much about the the medical field in Boston. But I just think it's very just like. 50 50 down the line it's an interesting community to kind of put your finger in. i i was uh, like 20 years ago i went to, to boston for a weekend and, and like you turn on the radio and it's just all red Sox, and it's just interesting like the the feeling of of, of people about like the competitive advantage that the, the the vaccinations offer when you cross the border like it's it's just a weird argument that you'd never think that we'd be having today yeah Seriously, it's like yeah. the one thing I thought we would never talk about in sports is somebody's vaccination status. I know, um, and and I, honestly, I think I think the Blue Jays should take advantage of every every mm-hmm. opportunity they get, just because they were playing on the road for two thirds of the year last year. You know, right? You think that they haven't played a home game since what 2019 until this year, and so in they, front of a full crowd too. Ex- and so people want to talk about competitive advantage. Like Toronto hasn't had one for a long time. So the fact that not only is their team really good, they just missed the playoffs last season. Why not take advantage when you can? Not only are you playing in front of your home crowd. And yes, if you're going to play shorthanded their opponents, that's on them. That's not on the Blue Jays. That's not the Blue Jays' fault. Exactly, exactly. 100% agree. Um, now, we mentioned uh, briefly Xander Bo- Bogarts. Um, he and Rafael Devers, I guess, they were they didn't come to a, an extension agreement with the Red Sox. Can you do you see both of them or one of them um, resigning with the the Red Sox long term, or or, or is, is is this kind of the last season or two we'll we'll see of them? I think both of them will come to terms. I think that people forget that Rafael Devers is signed or under team control for two more years. So mm-hmm. even though you want to get someone like him signed because his value is only going to go up. There's not as much as an urgency to maybe get someone like Xander signed. And he said at the beginning of the year that he doesn't want to talk contract extension in season, doesn't want to be a distraction. So naturally that's going to be a storyline all season. But I do think that at the end of the day, they really want to see what they have in both of these guys, defensively, offensively. And I think we know, I think we know what, what Devers brings offensively is defense isn't always there. Xander Bogarts, Silver Slugger, He's makes highlight real plays at short. It's somebody you want on your team for life, really. So I think once the season comes to end, I, he's going to opt out. I think that's obvious. And I think that he's earned every right to go test the free agent market and get himself a hefty payday and come back to the Red Sox and be like, match this or come very close to it or I'm out. But I do think with you know Mookie Betts, John Lester, and you think of, you can go down the list of players that they've let they've traded away or they've let walk. I think that hopefully high and bloom is smarter than that. And will be like, we need to keep Xander around for life because he's a, a cornerstone. He's a cornerstone piece in our lineup. He's a leader in the clubhouse. People, Red Sox fans everywhere call him the captain of the team. 
So you need to keep that that kind of voice in the clubhouse. And Alex Cora loves him. Like you need to you need to keep your manager happy too. Yes, yes. Um, and and how's how's Trevor's story uh, adjusting to uh, the team? I think he looks great. Uh, Saturday, he came up big for the team. He had a nice play at second, nice tag there from an off throw by Christian Vasquez. He's looked really good at the plate. His first few games, naturally, like you've mentioned, with the pitchers, they're not all stretched out. And he doesn't really have his timing through the first few games at the plate. But that will come, and it's come the last few games. So I think that it's just a matter of time. Get him some reps. He had a, much like everyone, had a shortened spring training, but then his wife had a baby, I think, that the day after that he made his contract <laughs> official with the Red Sox. So he had to get back home and um, be there for, for the birth of his child. So he's had a, a hectic start to the season, to say the least. But he's been – he's looked really good. It looks really natural, which I think is – speaks to the kind of player he is and what we're going to get for the next six years from him. Yeah. I think he was kind of hidden away a little bit in Colorado. So, yes. uh, um, being in the AL East, we'll get uh, a, a lot of, oh, of yeah. Pepper story to see. Um, now, I was listening to I listened to the Wednesday episode of Locked On Red Sox, and I don't know if you do this every episode because being a Lit Jays fan, I can't get I can't have too much Red Sox news in my brain. But um, you you did a mental health minute, which I thought was 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 cool. Do you do that every episode? Yeah, we try to end the show that way on kind of like a positive note, and also make ourselves more like relatable to the listeners because we all struggle with something, right? Whether mm -hmm. it's our mental health, whether it's just anything throughout our lives or throughout the day. So we like making ourselves like more relatable and just being like trying to like normalize and end the stigma of mental health because it's a big issue and it's always going to be an issue until, un until it's not. No, I to totally agree. I, th I thought that was, that was just really refreshing to hear when I heard that. And, and uh, one, one of the, yeah, you're welcome. Um, uh, one of the Blue Jays um, relievers, Taylor Saucedo, he 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 came out uh, this off uh, this spring and was telling talking about his struggle. So it's really important, yeah, like he said, to just to, to not <laughs> not put a stigma on on mental health and 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 let people know that it's it's okay to ask for help. Um, you'd mentioned um, in on Wednesday about uh, getting out of your comfort zone, which I 100% agree with. It's it's great to be. Um, to, to get out of your comfort zone and do something that you're not used to, like me, for me doing these interviews is totally out of my comfort zone. Um, but I would argue that um, for, for sports teams and baseball teams especially, being in your comfort zone is is um, super uh, important to having success in the season. So maybe, I don't know if it's unfair to ask this question, but do you think that uh, the Red Sox are in their comfort zone just yet? I don't think so. I think they're getting there. And I think that, you know, it's the beginning of the season there's no reason to, to panic or anything if someone looks off or someone looks a little slower with their timing at the plate or just can't locate their pitches. But I think they're getting there. I do think – I think Raphael Devers is in his comfort zone. I think Nate Evaldi's in his comfort zone. But you look at maybe Christian Vasquez, maybe not so much there yet. You look at Nick Pavetta, not so much there yet. But I do think that they're getting there, and once they slowly – other players start slowly getting there, it's going to be dangerous, I hope. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally agree. Same, same with the Jays. Like I felt like going into the spring training, uh, coming out of spring training, that they were in their comfort zone. But then, you know, opening day, everything turned on its head with the with the one out outing by 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 Burrios. So yeah, um, definitely. Like I think there's a lot of comfort zone to 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 be reached as as of yet. But uh, yeah, uh, that's great. Um, so. Um, Lauren, thanks. Thanks for joining me. That was that was a really great uh, chat. Um, tell everybody um, how to follow you, uh, how, how to how to follow your work. 
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. You can follow Locked on Red Sox at LO underscore Red Sox. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And you can find all my written work on Nesson.com. Tons of Red Sox stuff coming up and any hockey fans out there, a lot of Bruins stuff now that they've officially finally clinched their playoff spot. Saw that today, yeah. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're 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 uh, hockey isn't isn't <laughs> isn't uh, maybe a little bit of a, a bad word in Ottawa right now, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. The Senators are are tough tough team this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, thanks for joining me. That was great. Um, looking forward to uh, the the first of, of many games against the Red Sox this year. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's gonna be a fun year. All right, that was great. Uh, thanks again, Lauren. Um, check her out on all the the, the Twitter feeds and, and NESN. Um, Boston is a busy town to follow and report sports in. So so uh, great great job, Lauren. Um, yeah. Uh, so now we'll get to the personal stuff uh, to talk about my um, strikeout for the week. Recording this on Easter Sunday, um, I've discovered this morning waking up that uh, chocolate has side effects. The kids, kids found all their their Easter chocolate this morning. Um, yeah, there's it can lead to hyperactivity, irritability, uh, not wanting to share, not wanting to eat actual breakfast. Instead, eating just chocolate for breakfast. Um, messy faces, messy hands. Um, yeah. It's, it's Easter's messy. Easter chocolate is messy. So so just yeah, lots of lots of side effects to deal with um, on on Easter Sunday. Um, yeah, um, I, I I had um, an egg based uh, breakfast this morning as well, but it was actual eggs, not chocolate eggs. Uh, my wife made me an omelet uh, in sandwich form for breakfast. Yeah, okay. Uh, so yeah, thanks for breakfast here. Um, Speaking of breakfast, my sacrifices, I've realized this past week that I've been putting too much effort into breakfast. Like, I, I do all the cooking for most of the cooking, except for Sunday morning, uh, for my family. And, and you know, I I try to make, like, a, a nice breakfast uh, for everybody in the morning. But having a toddler and a preschooler and a busy wife who's heading to work um, in the mornings means that Usually my uh, breakfasts fall upon just empty stomachs. People don't want to they they don't want to eat my breakfast, or they're they're just rushing out the door and 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 and, and getting what they what they want to eat uh, themselves. Um, so I realized that something as simple as as a cereal is 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 good enough for breakfast for the kids, um, and. I've been trying too hard. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you gotta. I guess, as they say in baseball, uh, try easier. Uh, but yeah, so I've been putting way too much effort into making breakfast. Um, and my 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 big uh, home run for the week, my big feat uh, was uh, we recently uh, we got a new uh, uh, SUV uh, truck kind of thing. Uh, so now we have two cars in a, in a, in a tightly packed. Uh, driveway but uh, so far uh, it's only been a week so far so so um, hopefully <laughs> we won't bump cars so far I have not bumped cars but yesterday my my, my big uh, achievement was I, I managed to park as close to the car as possible less than an inch separating the two cars so that, that without without bumping that was that was my big feat 
for for the week um so yeah that was that was my major accomplishment i'm, I'm very proud i i think that uh parking is definitely one of my my major strengths my superpower you could say i'm a very good parallel parker um this this new new truck does have that rear view camera thing but um i'm not going to use that as a crutch i am a good parker I'll, I'll just leave it at that and i'll leave the episode at that uh i think next week steve will be uh back in his regular co-hosting chair so it'll be interesting to talk about um baseball with steve and see what he's thought about the the blue jays uh so far in this early uh season um and yeah um if anybody if, if you've got some some red Sox fans listening to this uh podcast thanks for listening it'll be an interesting series coming up um, against the jays this over the next couple weeks and we will uh see everybody uh next week don't forget to tell a friend about the, the podcast and to follow us at jays from home bye bye <laughs>